a special edition episode of Mailbag Episodes Lockdown Pistons Podcast, an extra episode during the week where I answer all of your guys' questions that you guys sent in. Let's get right into it on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. We are nearing in on 2,000 subscribers. Let's hurry up and try to get there. Continue to show that we are the best fan base at the Lockdown Network. I appreciate all the support you guys are showing me. And again, hit that subscribe button over at the YouTube channel. It's the best way to support the podcast. Uh, but, yeah, we got a lot of questions this week. We got over 20 questions just sent on Twitter. I don't know if we'll even be able to get through all of those. We got a few more on YouTube. We'll try to get to those ones, but let's see how many we can get into. Uh, I know last night there was a Pistons game against the Charlotte Hornets. I did not uh, – I was not able to watch that game. I was at my old high school uh, watching their senior night because supporting my old coach. who He was a JV coach when I was there, but he got promoted to varsity. Me and him are pretty close. So uh, I went to go support him on their senior night. They won their uh, division title. So – Went over to my old high school, missed out on last night's game. It uh, doesn't look like I missed out on much. It was a pretty rough game to watch. Uh, even though I did see Killian Hayes had a pretty good game, had double-double off the bench. It was really good to see, uh, especially coming off the game be- the night before where he fouled out in, like, what was it, 15 minutes. Definitely good to see him bounce back and and, and use the following night as a redemption kind of game uh, because of how poorly he was the night before. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that game. We're going to go ahead and get right into the questions. And there's a few questions. I'm going to skip around. Because there are a few questions I really wanted to talk about. And then we'll try to get, because you guys always send in some fun questions too. And I encourage you guys to try to have some fun with it as well. But there's some serious ones that I want to answer here first. So the first one I want to talk about is from Derek Brooks on Twitter. He says, where is all the scuttlebutt great word uh, coming from in regards to the front office not being on the same page? have heard it a lot recently. And for reference, I'll add the most recent clip I've heard. And he sends a clip of a podcast here where they talk about uh, the Pistons front office possibly uh, being split up a little bit. Um, this was something I believe we talked about when I very first took over the podcast. It was one of my very, like, very first episodes, like oh, almost a year ago now. Uh, we talked about this issue uh, possibly coming about. You know, you got Arden Tellum in the front office, you got Ed Stefanski, and you got Troy Reaver. Uh, obviously, Ed Stefanski was there beforehand, uh, and he basically was kind of like a placeholder, I guess they, you know, you want to kind of call him until they got their actual GM, which is Troy Reaver now. Um, but over the last few weeks, there were plenty of rumors coming out that the off the front office was split about what to do with Jeremy Grant. It sounds like Arntellum wanted to move Jeremy Grant right now, wanted to move him before the deadline. And Weaver sounded like he wasn't too opposed to just holding him through the rest of the season and just keeping him till offseason before the draft trim around then. And obviously, we see which one won out. They ended up staying until the offseason. Uh, but this, this would be my one concern with that. Uh, not about the Jeremy holding Jeremy or anything. That's not my concern. Uh, we talked about that a few podcasts ago. But what my concern is, is that you have too many cooks in the kitchen. Now, it hasn't came back to bite the Pistons yet, although the Pistons have not been faced with many difficult decisions yet. Uh, I think this offseason is when you really will get to see what's up with the Pistons front office. The first two uh, uh, offseasons, really, again, they, they just weren't really faced with many critical decisions that they had to take. Like the first offseason was really him just getting everybody off the books, clearing the team, how he wanted to uh, uh, get everyone off the team that he didn't really like, get all his guys, and that's all that was. 
Uh, then the following offseason, they were handed the number one overall pick. You can't really mess that up when you got Kay Cunningham at the top. So they haven't really had that many tough decisions that they had to make. But now that they have the number one overall pick and they got Cade, now they have to start to try to piece this team around him. Uh, and I'm not going to spend too much time in the last offseason and, and try to criticize that offseason, whatever, however you feel about it. But this upcoming offseason is when you really get to see what's, what's this front office made of. And I, my one concern is, again, that they have too many cooks in the kitchen. You got Arn Tellum saying his his piece. You got Ed Stefanski saying his piece. You got Troy Reaver saying his piece. I, I from what I've understood over the past few years, Tom Gore usually stands hands off, but maybe he has a say in it too. Uh, in my opinion, you kind of want to have one guy making the decisions. You don't want—I mean, not the guy that says you know he want you, you want him to be able to take advice and and not and not be stubborn or anything. But when you got three guys in there fighting over power or whatever, I hope that's not the case. But it's definitely a concern of mine that I'm watching forward. Uh, two in the coming off seasons. Uh, and there has been speculation over the last few weeks, especially because of the Jeremy Grant rumors that the front office is split. Uh, and that's always a concern that, that they have too many cooks in the kitchen, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, I don't think they've, again, I don't think they've made any bad decisions yet or, or crippling decisions that should cause everyone to pause. Uh, but again, I think that will come in the off season. We'll see what that, how that goes then. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned for all that. Now, the next question I want to answer is from one of my Memphis Grizzlies uh, friends. Uh, his name is Rob Fritz. He says, what are the most important things you want to see out of the team and or certain players the rest of the season? Um, we talked about this a few podcasts ago. The main thing that I'm talk- uh, I'm watching for for the rest of the season is Dwayne Casey. Everything about this team right now, I think, falls on Dwayne Casey right now for the rest of the season. You want to see Keeling with the ball in his hands more? That falls on Dwayne Casey. You want to see the offense change up a little bit more? That falls on Dwayne Casey. You want to see how Marvin Bagley gets used? Is he going to be used around the basket? Are they going to take advantage of his explosiveness and tremendous finishing around the rim? Or are they going to spot him up in the corner like every non-shooter the Pistons ever have end up doing? That's going to fall on Dwayne Casey. How about the rotations? Who, What kind of lamps are you going to put out there with Bagley? Are you going to utilize Killian and Bagley picking rolls off the bench, which I think could absolutely be lethal? Are you going to take advantage of that? That falls down to Dwayne Casey. Development-wise, are you going to continue to put guys or try to put guys in positions to succeed? That falls on Dwayne Casey. Again, I understand that the roster is not great. I'm not expecting them to go out there and win games. No one's expecting them to win games. But they're expecting some hard-fought games out there when they're not getting blown by 50, and they want to see guys put in the right positions to succeed and develop. And I almost forgot the biggest one is Sadiq and Jeremy. You decide to keep Jeremy? Okay, there you go. But now you are forced to have to figure out how to make Jeremy, Sadiq work and Jeremy, Sadiq, and Cade work because in the limited sample size, they just haven't been able to work together. So – all those things are going to directly fall on Dwayne Casey to figure out for the rest of the season. And I think it's critical because some of these guys are young core pieces of the team. Cade, Sadiq, Isaiah Stewart, Killian, maybe even Marvin Bagley now that they traded for him. All these guys are going to be pieces of this core and you need to figure out which guys should we continue to invest in. Can these guys show development? Can these guys show that they're getting better throughout the season? And a lot of that I feel like falls on your coaching staff to put them in positions to succeed especially with the decision not to trade Jeremy and, again, the decision to trade for Bagley. So that's the main thing I'm looking for, not just players or anything. I want to see guys improve. I want to see Killing Hayes play better, obviously, uh, but or continue to develop and everything. Isaiah Stewart play a little better, obviously. But I, my main thing that I'm watching for for the rest of this season is doing Casey and does he do the right things and does he figure out how to make this roster work, specifically the Killing or not Killing uh, Cade, Jeremy, and Sadiq lineup. Does he utilize Bagley the right way? Does he utilize pick and rolls with Killian and Bagley, Cade and Bagley? Uh, does he find a way to utilize that big man rotation now that he got uh, Kelly Olenek, Isaiah Stewart, Bagley, and um, 
who am I who am I forgetting? Uh I just had a name slip slip through my head, but you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't know why he just escaped my escaped my head. But either way, uh they, they need to figure that kind of stuff out. Uh Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant's the other four. Uh but yeah, that all falls to Dwayne Casey. And that's why I'm gonna be watching for the rest of this season. Um the next question is, and this is just gonna be a quick question. Uh, this one's from Jamar on Twitter. It says, with the trade of Bagley, does this rule out Aiden or making a run at Miles Bridges? Please keep up the good work. First of all, thank you. I appreciate all you guys that keep letting me know. Uh, you guys appreciate the podcast. I really appreciate that. Um, but no, it doesn't rule out anything. Bagley is not a good enough player or a good enough prospect where you just don't do anything. And the Pistons are going to have plenty of cap space in the offseason where they're not going to have to pay Bagley a lot anyways unless he just goes crazy the rest of the season, which I don't expect. Uh, and his what's it called his his qualifying offer is probably going to get cut in half because of what we talked about in last week's episode with the Kings guy about how if he doesn't reach 41 starts in 2,000 minutes his qualifying offer gets cut in half. Either way, that's not going to stop if they want to go after DeAndre Ayton they're going to go after DeAndre Ayton. If they want Miles Bridges they're going to go after Miles Bridges. This is not going to stop them from doing that. They're going to do that uh, with or without Marvin Bagley being on the team. That's not going to stop them. Um, but when we come back. We'll get back to answering some more of your guys' questions. We'll start answering some of the more fun questions. I have a little fun with it. Uh, but first, I had to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, your guys' favorite sponsor, Bill Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bill Bar. And it almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs Bar? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best-tasting protein bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. In fact, all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included, like I just told you, 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein, replace your candy bars with these. They're much better tasting as well. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calories. High fiber, low carb. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of net carbs. And they have plenty of flavors as well. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and you guys know my favorite, peanut butter flavor. Peanut butter is my favorite on anything it's basically my favorite flavor but you can head to built.com you can see all types of flavors they're coming out with limited time flavors all the time at built bar they're all about the taste they make it delicious first then figure out how to make it healthy i don't know how but they pull it off every time so go to built.com use promo code lack 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code lack 15 for 15 percent off your order at built.com built bar the best tasting protein bar ever So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't hit the subscribe button already, what are you waiting for, man? You're coming back every day to get the content, the incredible content that I'm putting out out here. You feel me? You got to hit that subscribe button, man. It's the best way to support the podcast. It's really that easy. Just a simple click. Uh, But, yeah, I appreciate all you guys for real, though, guys. Uh, Let's get back to answering all of you guys' questions. So. Let's go ahead and try to have some fun. Where's where's one of the funner questions? Um, oh, this one was pretty funny. Uh, this one's from Charles on Twitter. Uh, you have and let me just say this real quick when I read this, because you know I don't want I don't want people you know to get sensitive about this. This is a joke. It's just a hypothetical. It's a fun little joke. It's not actually you know they're not a- actually asking me to do this. It's just a joke. Okay, now we can read it. 
you have two bullets and Kojo, Grant, and Killian Hayes are in front of you. Why would you shoot uh would you shoot Grant twice? No, I would not. Kojo and Grant are the answers, though. I'm keeping Hayes, but I would shoot Kojo and Grant. Uh, <laughs> uh next question. It's from Pistons Nation. He says, have you heard Marvin Bagley's music? If so, do you like it? I have not heard his music. Um, I know he was one of the – he's one of the more popular NBA rappers. Uh, obviously, you got Dame uh, Drummond when he was with the Pistons. He was doing a lot of music, and we obviously heard that because he was in Detroit. I haven't heard uh, him come out with music a lot since then. He probably has. Uh, he just hasn't been on my radar because I'm not with the Pistons. I know Miles Bridges also does. I've seen the Aaron Gordon music. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the Aaron Gordon song? Mm-hmm. I pull up. Oh, pull up. That's what it is. I pull up. I pull up. Problem. That one. I've heard Aaron Gordon's song, but I have not heard Marvin Bagley's music. I might have to go check it out, though. You guys got to let me know. Is Marvin Bagley's music good? Like, is he a good NBA rapper? Most NBA rappers are not very good. But if he's one of the better ones, you guys got to let me know because I'll go check it out. Um, all right, but let's move on to the next question. This one's from Malik Bay. He says, Bagley and Stewart don't fit together. How do you feel about possibly moving Stewart and running Bagley at the five? Possibly moving Grant Still and Sadiq at the four, Olenek as the backup four or five. Um, I think they, I, I agree that Bagley and Stewart probably don't fit together because neither of them are very good shooters from outside. Bagley will at least take outside shots. I will give him that. So maybe that will be some kind of threat because they know he will at least try to take them. Stewart doesn't even take them. Um, I don't think that means you have to move Stewart because I don't think Bagley's best used at the five. Possibly offensively, you could say he's better used at the five. He can take advantage of his quickness, his explosiveness against other fives. Uh, but defensively, he's just – I don't trust him defensively at the five yet. Uh, he's not very good defensively. Um, if they can get him to improve on that end, maybe get a little bit stronger, uh, improve his awareness, try to get him up to speed that end, maybe then you could try to run him at the five. But I think right now he's still more of a four because of his defensive issues. Um, so I don't think you have to move Stewart because I don't think he's really taking Stewart's minutes away. However, I do want to see small – if you want to call it small ball five with Bagley at the five, Maybe Killian Cade, Sadiq, um, who you want to put Frank Jackson out there, those four with Bagley at the five. I think that would be interesting to see. Uh, could you got five guys who all you got two guys in the backcourt who can handle the ball? You got two scores and Sadiq and Frank Jackson. You got spacing, I feel like at the th- those three positions, you got a really good playmaker in Killian, and you got offensive threat, the big guy position, instead of just you know, a lack of offensive threat. You got five guys on the floor who are capable of doing something. So I feel like that would be I want to see that that lineup if, if at any point somehow. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think you have to move, Stuart, to answer your question. Um, but, yeah, that's because Bagley, like I said, I don't think he's really a five right now, at least right now. Uh, next question is from Dope Pistons. At Pistons are Dope. I'm sorry. Uh, is Isaiah Stewart the odd man out in this young court that we're building? I don't think so, but I've seen fans talk about it. Uh, I don't think anyone's the odd man out right now. I think Killian's still in it. I think Isaiah Stewart's still in it. Uh, heck, you could possibly even say that Saban's still a part of it. If, you don't have to kick anybody out. It's just a matter of how high are you ranking these guys in this young core. I think this is the difference between Isaiah Stewart and Killian Hayes, at least in my opinion. Isaiah Stewart, I think you can see his ceiling right now, uh, which is fine. He can be a part. This is, this is why I don't understand that. Some fans, I feel like, have to understand about this. Isaiah Stewart can still be a part of the young core without having these lofty expectations for him. If he pans out as a, a good backup big, that's still part of your young core. You have a position filled there. Like, he doesn't have to be your starter. He doesn't have to be a star. So I I, I don't think he's the odd man out. Guys saying that he's probably a backup, I don't think that means he's the odd man out. I just, I just think that means that's the, uh, the, the, the role that he needs to fill. 
so I, I don't see why he'd be the I man out. You should just get rid of him unless you think you're getting someone better. Uh, but yeah, I, him and Killian, neither of these guys out the young court. Isaiah Stewart becomes a backup five. That's fine. If Killian becomes a backup point guard, he's a really good one, then fine. But I feel like right now, the, I think the reason why you're hearing so much about Isaiah Stewart to answer your question is because Isaiah Stewart, you can kind of see his ceiling right now. With Killian Hayes, people see the fact that he's really good defensively. You can see he's really good playmaking-wise, and people are like, if he can just develop some of that scoring and, and continue to improve with some of these little sl- signs that we're seeing scoring-wise over lately, then we can see him become a really good player. Like, what happens if you combine the playmaking defense with scoring? Now you got a really good player. Because I feel like that's why you're seeing more people maybe hold on to hope with Killian, think high, higher things for Killian because his ceiling probably is higher. It's harder to, for Killian to hit his ceiling, but people see a higher ceiling. Isaiah Stewart, I think people are starting to see his his limitations and understand that maybe he's getting closer to his ceiling and just can't be a legit starting center in the NBA. I think that's why you're starting to see people criticize him more. But I don't think anyone can get ruled out the young core right now. It's just a matter of maybe they get knocked down the pecking order of the young core, but not just completely out the young core. I don't agree with that. Um, but we can go on to the next question. Uh, this one's from one of my fellow Lockdown hosts, host of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. He has to go ahead and get a troll in, of course. Uh, besides Zari Williams, uh, how many rookies have impressed you on the level Decay Cunningham has? Uh, obviously, listen, I, I understand this is for you to talk about. You wanted me to talk about your Grizzlies rookie. I get it. I'm not going to, though. You won't get me. Um, obviously, Scotty Barnes has been pretty good. Toronto, Evan Mobley has obviously been fantastic. You know, I, I, I know us Pistons fans have been going at Evan Mobley fans and all that stuff about, about you know, Cade being the rookie of the year. Evan Mobley's better than him, all that stuff. But but all that aside, obviously, Evan Mobley has been freaking fantastic, especially defensively. Uh, so has Scotty Barnes. I really like Franz Wagner, too. He's been pretty good over there in Orlando. Uh, so I think this rookie class, honestly, is just really good across the board. Io DeSumo uh, over in Chicago, he's really good as well this year. I just think this rookie class is really deep, to be honest. I like a lot of guys, but uh, I'll give you two guys, I guess, uh, on the level as Kay Cunningham, um, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Mobley. And maybe, maybe actually, you might even put Franz Wagner possibly over Scotty Barnes. I don't know, though. You guys let me know. But those are the guys. I think that's a good little tier right there. Uh, again, I think the rookie class is really damn good this year. I think that's really good to see. Uh, get a bunch of new young blood into the NBA, especially with some of our young our, our guys that we grew up growing up watching starting to get older and getting close to getting out the league. I, I, it's good to see some good young talent coming in. Um, but next question is from Nick Sido2 on Twitter. You only sign one of these free agents in the summer. Who will it be? Jalen Brunson, Miles Bridges, and DeAndre Aiden. And this got a lot of replies. So a lot of you guys chimed in on this. So my answer to this, I, I, it's not Jalen Brunson. I don't, I'm not as big on Jalen Brunson as everybody else. Is. I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm not that big on him. But I think my answer would be Miles Bridges. You know, I think the Pistons have been desperately lacking this wing guy who's a good creator and extremely athletic kind of guy, like an athletic creator on the wings. Um, Hamadou Diallo is extremely athletic, but he's not really a creator. He can't shoot from outside. He can't create for himself a lot, I feel like. Uh, but Miles Bridges would be amazing, and I feel like that would probably fill a role that the Pistons haven't had since when. So, like, who's, who's the last wing guy that you can picture that was a athletic creator? Like Blake wasn't a select creator at the wing spot. He was like a he was our power forward. Like who was our who who's who where was our last best wing or great wing? Are you going all the way back to Tayshawn? Like I don't know. Like I think Miles Bridges feels a need. DeAndre Aiden's fine, but I feel like the center position is something that the Pistons could probably find for cheaper. 
for some listen i love deandre in but i just feel like that at the five if you had to pick between miles bridge and deandre in i feel like deandre in or his position in general not deandre in skill set but his position is probably more replaceable and more easier to find to fill in your team than than miles bridges so i would pick miles bridges that that's where i'm going with it uh let me know what you guys would go with it. Out of those three guys, would you guys pick Brunson, Bridges, or or Aiden? I know Bridges has has a lot of Michigan ties. He went to state, uh, so I know a lot of you guys probably like him. But let me know what you guys think down below. Uh, but when we come back, we'll finish off the podcast answering whatever questions we got left. We'll try, 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 or try to answer as many of you guys' questions as we can before we wrap up the podcast. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetOnline.net. Football might be. Close to over this season with the game coming up this week. Go Matthew Stafford. But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, playoff performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. So again, head to the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day we are free and available on all your podcast platforms and if you haven't already head to our youtube channel hit that subscribe button it's the best way to support the podcast i would really appreciate it uh, but let's go ahead and get right back into answering some of your guys's questions uh let's go with um this one's from cameron carrier it says provided killian continues with this steady slight improvement what is his contract worth when it comes time for extension um that this is a tough one um I mean, if he's at where he's at right now, if he just somewhat like a little tiny improvement, like maybe three to five million would be like his extension. I don't I, like. I don't think he would be worth much. He'd he'd have to improve offensively, scoring wise. Uh, so if like if he improves scoring wise, all of a sudden he's, he's a decent scorer combined with where he already is. Now you're looking at probably eight to twelve million because that's a player who's like a two way threat and is a ball handler playmaker. Now you're looking at like a really good valued contract, uh, but a valued player, I should say. Uh, but if he's still like really struggling to score and has to improve from deep, he's just a defensive playmaker that you want coming off the bench or something like that, like three to five million a year, maybe. That's where I'm probably at with it. And you guys know I love Killian. I hopefully he becomes more than that. But if he's like where he is right now, I don't see how you can pay him more at around three to five million a year. That that's just where I'm at. Um, next one is from Mike Zazayan. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong on Twitter. He said, how much of the Pistons' recent struggles would you attribute to Dwayne Casey's unconventional style of running concepts instead of diagram plays? Uh, in case you guys don't know, when Dwayne Casey was very first hired by the Pistons, they asked him about his offense, and he said that he runs concepts, not plays. Um, and listen, I know a lot of people in the NBA, people who watch across the league will say, oh, well, teams run like sets. They don't really run plays. Everyone just runs sets. It's not the same. It's, it's just not, if you watch the Pistons and watch any other team that's better than them, it just looks different. Uh, if you go back, again, I'll continue to tell this to you guys. If you talk to any Raptors beat writer, if you talk to any Raptors just blogger or writer, you talk to any Raptors podcast, you talk to any Raptors people who have followed the team, people who follow the team and cover the team by in any kind of uh, media, writing, new uh, uh, a podcast, YouTube, any, all, anything, uh, blog sites, anything, 
they will tell you, and they told us this, or at least me and a lot of Pistons fans who were around on Twitter back in 2000, when the Pistons hired him, 2017, 2018, that Dwayne Casey, is the, the biggest critique of Dwayne Casey is his lack of creativity on offense. And if you look at the Raptors' offense after he leaves and with Nick Nurse, it has been different. That's what I mean, obviously they got Kawhi Leonard. That's part of a big, obviously a big reason why they won the championship. But Nick Nurse was also really good offensively for them. Uh, so I, I don't want to say I attribute uh, everything I just said is leading me to this. Uh, I do think a lot of the struggles come from that. The team's not very talented. They're not very good right now. Obviously, he's not going to turn them into like a top ten team. But this this is where this is where a lot of people just confuse the hell out of me. I really don't get it. People are like, well, Dwayne Casey doesn't have the best roster. What do you expect him to do? You guys understand, those of you guys who feel like that, you guys understand it's, it goes both ways. Like, yes, the team isn't as talented, but have you ever thought that maybe the coach also isn't doing his part? Like, they have to meet in the middle. Both sides have to do their jobs. If the, if the players th- – this is my biggest thing. I told you guys this, I believe – again, I think this was also one of my very first podcasts. Uh, a good coach – puts his system around the players he has, not forces a player into his own system. And I feel like Dwayne Casey has done that for the Pistons. He has not built a system around his players. He's made his players fit a system for him. Like, for example, uh, they, they ran around a lot of dribble handoffs with Andre Drummond he was here, a, a lot of dribble handoffs when Blake Griffin was here. That has continued to happen with Isaiah Stewart, even though Isaiah Stewart's pretty freaking awful at them. Like, he's not good at setting screens. He's not good at making that pass and setting the screen at the same time. It takes talent. He's not good at the timing of that. Like, they continue to do that over and over with him, but he, and he, he's just awful at it. Uh, another thing, you know, you saw Killian is spending a lot of time in the corner spotting up before he finally started to come off the bench. He's got the ball in his hands a lot more. One of you guys tweeted at me how much better he's been off the bench. I think he has like a three-to-one turnover ratio right now. Uh, he's at, he's hit double figures four, was it, four or five times, and he only had done it what three times I think they or I forget what it was but he's he's done a, been a lot better a lot more aggressive off the bench now he got the ball in his hands. Just overall, Dwayne Casey's offense has a band's creative, and I do feel like that's hindering a lot of his players. Uh, again, the team is not that good. The players are not that good. The players are not that talented. Yes, could Dwayne Casey be helped out with a better roster? Yes, that's their side. But could these players currently be helped out by a coach trying to help them out a little bit more and play to their needs? Yes. So. Both sides need improvement. They both need to help each other in the middle. And just like you can say that the players are probably not helping Dwayne Casey as much because they have limitations that need to be worked around. You can also say the same thing about Dwayne Casey and the players from the players say, Hey, I have these limitations. I need you to help me like work around these and build something around our limitations so we can play to our strengths. It goes both ways. is basically what I'm saying. So yes, I do think that Dwayne Casey should take some blame for how poorly the team is. Players do too, but Dwayne Casey should also take some. Um, next question is from LO, LO Quint on Twitter. It says, what do you think they'll do with the extra, the extra roster spot? Excuse me. My God. Uh, with the extra roster spot they created with the Marvin Bagley trade. Um, I don't know. I, I thought when they created the extra roster spot, I thought they were going to make a deal with Jeremy Grant that, that brought two players back, uh, possibly like an, uh, a big contract and then the young prospect, but that ended up not happening. Uh, I know Casey Akpala, uh, just got released. I thought maybe that would be a guy the Pistons would go sign off, off of the buyout market. Um, my guess would be either, obviously, they get someone off the buyout market, someone like Akpala, or two, they promote someone like Chris Smith or or someone from their G League team, someone from their two-way contracts to a full roster spot. 
but I think that's really the – I mean, they also could just go straight into the offseason and just not fill that roster spot. But I don't know what they're going to do. It, it's hard to predict what they'll do because my prediction was that they were going to bring two people back in a Jeremy trade, and they didn't do that. Uh, so who knows? I think that it would probably be cool to see Akpala get signed just to see what he has for the rest of the year with the Pistons. I think he's like the type of prospect Tory reply would like, but who knows? Uh, next question is <laughs> this one from one of our, our, our real our day one listeners who is, who has messed with me since I very first took the podcast Chubbs GB on Twitter. He says, are you more excited for Stafford in the Super Bowl or the fact that Trey Lyles got traded? 100% Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl. Like tomorrow, I'm recording this on Saturday. We'll publish this Saturday night. You guys will probably listen to Sunday morning. If Stafford wins tomorrow, I'm going to lose my mind. Like I'm going to go crazy. If Stafford wins a Super Bowl in his first year away from Detroit, I'm going to legit lose my mind. I'll, I, I, like, I don't know what I'll do. Uh, but I don't get that twisted, though. I am extremely. Now, I had to pull my, I had to pull my inner Stephen A. Now, don't get it twisted now. I am very happy that Trey Lyles got traded. I am very, very excited that Trey Lyles got traded. Just not as excited about Stafford in the Super Bowl, of course. Um, and then this will be the last question I ask, or, ask, or answer, I should say. There's two, actually, there's two more here, and there's probably a lot more that I didn't answer. If I did not answer your question, I'm sorry. Send it to me again. We'll try to get it on next week's episode of the Mailbag Podcast. Um, this one is, how long do you think it will be until Dwayne Casey is fired? This one's from at Great Scott on Twitter. Uh, I think at least two years before you see him get fired. He signed that contract extension. I think this front office wants him here during their rebuild and during their losing, and then they'll get someone in. He'll probably retire. Uh, again, I've talked about many times about them possibly promoting Jerome Allen once he retires in two years or something like that. That's what my prediction is. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think he's on the hot seat or anything or gets fired. I think he, the way Dwayne Casey leaves this team is he steps away and retires or takes, like, an upper role in management or something. I don't see him ever getting fired. Unless something just like mega happens, obviously. But I don't think he gets fired with the Pistons. Uh, and the next question is from Be- Beef Stew's Bloody Eye. That's a funny name. Uh, in an ideal world, would you play Kate at point guard, shooting guard, or small forward? Either way, what are the characteristics characteristics? I'm sorry, of an ideal guard to match him with? And which players with those characteristics do you have your eye on in free agency or a trade? Uh, I view Cade as like a combo guard. Uh, someone who can have the ball in his hand to create for others, create for himself, but also a guy you should be using off ball as well, using his gravity as a catch and shooter, using his gravity coming off screens, that kind of thing. He shouldn't just only have the ball in his hands. The Pistons should not come anywhere close to a heliocentric offense. I hate those. Those are not good. Should not do that. Um, so I think I, – I can't. I, I don't really want to say a point guard shooting guard. I think he would just be a combo guard. I don't want him primary at any position, basically what I'm saying. He should be – the good thing about K is that he fluctuates anywhere. He can play anywhere. You should be plugging him at everywhere so you get the most value out of him. He should have a lot of reps on ball. He should have a lot of reps off ball. He should have a lot of reps coming off screen. So you have a lot of reps posting up. Like he can affect the game everywhere, and if you're not taking advantage of all of those, you're not using him to his utmost value. Um, characteristics of an ideal guard to match him is legit killing Hayes. Uh, it's just a matter of killing Hayes becomes good. Uh, if Killian Hayes doesn't get good, then you need to get someone who fits Killian's characteristics and his his uh, the way he plays, but is just good at it. Like if Killian is can develop his three point shot, continues to be a really good off ball big guy who can switch with Cade, and also as a playmaker who take some of the pressure off him, that kind of builds exactly what you want next to Cade. It, whether it becomes Killian, I hope it becomes Killian. I hope he improves in his outside shot to where it can be him. Well, if it's not him, it's exactly just look at Killian Hayes and just imagine a good Killian Hayes, basically, in like a year. If Killian Hayes is still bad, just say, okay, we need a good Killian Hayes, someone who can shoot and also bring the defense and the playmaking ability. That is exactly what Cade needs next to him. Uh, so 
there's your answer there. That's the last question we'll answer on today's podcast again. If you guys sent in a question and didn't get it answered, I'm sorry. I tried to fit as many as possible. We're at 32 minutes. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, but if you didn't get an answer, send it to me for real on Twitter, at Hill or comment down below in the YouTube section. I'll try to answer it for next week's episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this bonus episode on Saturday. Uh, we're gonna try. I, I'm gonna try a little. Try to start, you know, giving you guys maybe some extra content, extra, extra special edition episodes on the weekend if I get bored or whatever. Uh, especially with the season right, winding down, might do this a little more often. Um, but yeah, until next time, I'll see you guys later. Make sure you guys make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every single day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. You know what the deal is. I'll see you guys later. Go Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl. I'm going to be so ecstatic on Monday's episode if Matthew Stafford wins. Like you guys don't understand, I'll probably like be just like out of it. Go Pistons, man. I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.